Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ah, once again, notice who's here. It's little Anthony Chester, my son, except he's not so little anymore. Well, I'm back. You're not so young either. Never. Let me ask you this question. Are you a Yankee fan or are you a Met fan? I'm a Yankee fan. Yankees Ah. all the way. All right, but in the case of number eight here, Yogi Berra. Yes, right here. You see him? Yep. Lifetime New York Yankee. Greatest bad ball hitter that baseball has ever known. Mm-hmm. I mean, a better bad ball hitter than Roberto Clemente of the Pirates, a better bad ball hitter than Smirk, Smokey Burgess, the pinch hitter for the Chicago White Sox and Pittsburgh Pirates also, the best bad ball hitter in the history of baseball. Oh, that sounds awesome. But here's the catch. Is he better than Anthony Rizzo or Aaron Judge? Oh, he's definitely better than Rizzo. Uh. And Judge's history is not completed. But he also later on became the Met manager. The Met manager? So you see, he wore a Yankee hat most of the time. Became the Yankee manager. Right. Got fired. Oof. Eventually went on to become the Met manager. Oof. So you see, he had loyalties to both teams. But it was a long time ago that the Yankees said to him, bye-bye, bye-bye. Yeah. And he could never forget that. Yeah, he's like, why am I still here? Why am I at the Yankees? You know what? I should go with the Mets. They're going to appreciate me more often. Ah, but let me tell you something about Yogi Berra. Unlike Mickey Mantle, who was my hero number seven, but a total jerk, Mm -hmm. or Whitey Ford. One thing about Yogi Berra is he grew up poor and impoverished. He knew his roots. He grew up on Dago Hill in St. Louis with another catcher, Joe Garagiola. Mm -hmm. Now, Joe Garagiola was not as talented a baseball player and catcher as Yogi Berra was. But, boy, he was a great broadcaster for years, and he would tell great Yogi Berra stories. Yogi Berra would mangle the English language. He would botulize it. He was guilty of malaprops, spoonerisms, fractured phrases. But everybody wanted to hear Yogiism. And could you believe as great as he was, number eight. Yes. Yogi Berra. Right. With the tools of ignorance to catch it. Exactly. But he also played left field from time to time. In fact, when that home run was hit in 1960 at the old Forbes Field when the Pittsburgh Pirates won Game 7 out of a seven-game series for the World Series against the New York Yankees, who was Bill Mazeroski, Polish yeah. player. The Bam! first Polish player of the New York Yankees. Just like, okay, I'm just going to catch this ball right here. Okay, I'm going to throw it back over there. But you see, he wasn't on the Yankees. He was on Pittsburgh. He hit a five ball deep. Yogi Berra went back, back to the ivy-covered walls in Forbes Field and watched the home run go over into left field. Home run, Pirates win as they beat Ralph Terry, Yankee pitcher in game number seven. 
But the thing about Yogi Berra is he always had to get a second job in the offseason for most of his career. Hmm. He couldn't survive alone on the salary that the Yankees were paying him, one of the greatest Yankees of all time. So he and Phil Rizzuto, and Phil Rizzuto had alligator arms, so when the kids came around and they wanted ice cream, it was always Yogi who had to buy it, not (laughs) Phil. They had to get second jobs in the offseason selling suits. Suits? Suits. A suit. Right. One of the greatest baseball players of all time. Nice guy. Yogi Berra, number eight. Ah, little Anthony Chester Sliwa. Not so little anymore. When you go to McDonald's, what is your favorite McDonald's order? Well, I got to say, my number one used to be the McChicken sandwich. Okay. Then it became the fish of filet. Right. And then, after a few years later, I stopped eating McDonald's. And then, years later, I went back with you because the McDonald's has changed over time, which is now fancy or something like that. Well, McDonald's has changed from its central headquarters. Used to be outside of Chicago, Oak Brook, Illinois, Mm -hmm. which was where Ronald McDonald Hamburger University was. Then all of a sudden, the CEO of McDonald's, not Ronald McDonald, not the hamburger, but the CEO of McDonald's said, let's move to downtown Chicago, which is just a few miles away. Mm -hmm. And so they crawled into the belly of the beast with all the crime taking place. They should have stayed out in Oak Brook, Illinois, right? Oh, they should. So in a recent speech, the CEO of Mickey D's with its international headquarters right in downtown Chicago said, look, we're staying. We're not leaving. Exactly. Like like so many other companies have left here. John Deary, Packard, Blackstone. We can go right on down the line. They left because of the crime. We're going to... Put our roots in to Chicago. Exactly. It's like, yeah, we're just going to chain here, not leaving here. Right. But he had advice for the mayor. Mayor Lightfoot, lightweight, whatever you want to call her. When it comes to crime, she is Ashanda. Ashanda? I call that Karen. Ooh, disgraziata. Uh, Karens are more of a disgraziato. More than that, Mm. they go up to the cash register and started to harass him with the employees for no reason. Uh, Well, what the CEO of of, uh, McDonald's said to Mayor Lightfoot is, you got to do something about the crime. Look, we'll help you. And what did Lightfoot say? Mind your own business. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's like, like, come on. It looks like Ronald McDonald may be packing his bags and leaving Chi-Town. And there's going to be nothing left behind. Exactly. There's, like, no roots behind if it's only the last thing he'll ever see. And you remember shadow. when I took you to Chi-Town when you were younger oh, yeah. to visit the Sliwa compound in Lockport, Illinois, outside. Oh, yeah. After we visited uh, 46th and Rockwell on the south side where the Sliwa, the Polish side of the family, grew up. Right. You remember how much crime was there? Oh, I saw it. When I was down there, I was like... Yeah, this is 1920 Chicago all over again. I took you to South Pulaski, remember? And we had a face-off with those homeboys. Yeah. They didn't like the guardian angels there. Yeah, they're looking at both of us. They're like, forget the others. Look at the Sliwas. But I got to tell you, Chicago is crime central. Carjacking capital. 
gang capital, murder capital. I mean, it's the capital of all major violent crimes. And you would think that Mayor Lightfoot, Lightweight, would want to keep McDonald's in Chicago instead of pimp slapping the McDonald's CEO. But oh no, she basically said, Oofa to you, Mickey D's. Yeah, it's like, nah. McDonald's. It's a disgrazia to the Mickey D's and Ronald McDonald. We want the Hamburglar, because yeah. it fits our landscape. Ah, uh, Anthony, have you ever been to Olive Garden? Ah, uh, well, Dad, yes. So I was at a couple of friends of mine, and after Coney Island, we went in the car, go to Olive Garden, eat some grand food, and we just left. Was that uh, Olive Garden in East New York when you're on the Bell Parkway and you pass Canarsie, exit 13, and then all of a sudden you're at the big shopping complex near Starrett City? Oh, yes, uh, definitely. Yeah, and you like that because they give you as many breadsticks as you want, right? Exactly. It's like more of an Italian place, more than the real Italian Well, face. let me tell you something. Anthony, you couldn't be more hopelessly wrong. <laughs> Olive okay. Garden is a fake, phony, fraudulent, fugazi Italian restaurant. Of course it is, because I know what the real Italians ah. would actually comment down below this. They're going to say, uh... Our Italian pizzas are actually better than Olive Garden. I'm not, I'm not criticizing that, but I have been, and yeah, actually, it is fake. I've seen their foods. It's oh. like, is this real Italian? Exactly. Is this, is this exactly. it? And by the way, all they do is give you extra, extra breadsticks, and people love that. They say, oh, Olive Garden is so good. In the heartland of America. Exactly. If you go to Springfield, Missouri, outside of the Federal Medical Center, which I got his senior himself ended up dying of throat cancer and went straight to hell without an asbestos suit. When his family came to visit him, the only Italian restaurant they said that was in the heart of uh, Missouri, the Show Me State, exactly, was Olive Garden. And guess what? Once you were at the background, it's like, Curtis was here. Exactly. But let me tell you something. I went to Olive Garden one time. I saw what was on the menu. I saw what they were serving. And I said, let me get out of here. This is not real Italian-American food. It ain't Italian-American food from the north, north of Rome. It ain't real Italian-American food from south of Rome to the boot. To the Sicily. No, and it is certainly not real Italian food of the Chichis and Zips in Siciliano. But oh my God, if you go up to an average American right. in Wisconsin, the Badger State, oh, oh, yeah. where they wear cheese hats, if you go to Minnesota, uh, Minnesota, if you go to Michigan, if you go to Iowa, Nebraska, Arkansas, they have a bunch of fake Italians. If right you there. go to the heartland of Nebraska, Omaha, right. they swear that Olive Garden is an Italian-American restaurant. And guess what? It's actually fake. They couldn't, do. they couldn't be more hopelessly wrong. They could have been because now our life is a lie. And all you get is just breadsticks. Extra breadsticks. Are you Olive Garden? More like bread garden. Exactly. Very good. All you get are breadsticks. And you think that's good? 
Come on. That's just a, that's just a way to get more money and to get your hire. Ah, uh, you see, little Anthony Chesterly were no longer little. Eric Adams, the swagger man, has no plan. Yep, he certainly does not. Every day he comes up with a different idea that makes no sense. Yesterday, he wanted to take these illegal aliens coming in from Venezuela across the Mexican border into Texas, who then get put on buses and they pound the hound to the Port Authority. He wanted to put them on cruise liners. Ah, it's just a phony. Well, think of it. You have to recommission a cruise liner. Right. You got to get it out of mothballs where they have the elephant's burial ground for cruise liners north of Fort Lauderdale. Mm -hmm. You have to sail it up to the Port of New York. And then you got to get the people to stay on the cruise liner. Ain't happening. Exactly. It, it will never happen, first of all. So, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, now has a new scheme in his mind which will make them appear to be refugees like in a Palestinian refugee camp in Lebanon. He's going to set up big tents like you would have in the circus. Oh, well, it's like the Indian reservations all over again. Exactly. And the first one is going to be in Orchard Beach. But there's nothing around Orchard Beach. Exactly. Why are you putting tents when there's nothing there? I mean, there's no... There's no homes there, there's no buildings, there's no food. Come on. The closest the act of civilization is nearby City Island, where they have the lobster box, lobster house, all different lobsters, but you got to cross the bridge. So you know the people, they're going to raise the bridge. They're not going to let these illegals come over. Then nearby, you have the police place where they practice their shooting, Rodman's Neck. Mm -hmm. So these illegal aliens from Venezuela are going to wake up in the morning in the tent and they're going to hear all this gunfire and they're going to think they're back in Venezuela and it's competing gangs shooting away at one of them, one another in Caracas. This is another dumb idea. Of course, he is scheming things and then never tells the public. It's like, oh, ho, ho, ho. I have a good planning, but I'm not going to tell the public what I'm going to do because I'm a phony. And he's never done background checks on these Venezuelans. So let's face it, out of a few thousand Venezuelans, some of them have to have criminal intent. Exactly. Some of them have to have been gangbangers or drug dealers or sexual assaulters or pedophiles. Exactly. You're going to put them all in a big tent? And who's wow. going to watch them when they're asleep? Yeah, who? You can just the imagine the sexual pervs, the pedophiles, will be taking advantage of the children. Exactly. They're going to run around, and then the NYPD is like, uh, should we just do our thing here? Because I forgot what to do. Nope. They're just like, nah, we're not, we're not going to do it. We're just going to be on our phones, look like a TikTok stars. So pay attention, ladies and gentlemen. Day one, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, suggested cruise lines. And boy, that sunk right in the Atlantic Ocean. Today, he uh, suggested building big refugee camps in Orchard Beach and one other place. That ain't going to work. It will what, never work. What dumb idea will Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, come up with tomorrow? Exactly. Find out next time on our podcast. That's right. And we'll be talking about it same time, same place tomorrow. Every Friday.